Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by ParentTrainers.com presented by Lily Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Karsten McCarter. Karsten spent 20 years in Montana and Maine treating young men with addiction. Karsten is an LCDC2 and is running an extended care program in Ohio. Over the years, he has supervised both primary inpatient and sober living communities for men and came into his own recovery in 1994. Outside of work, Karsten loves the outdoors, being a father, and helping young people navigate troubled waters and difficult situations. He has two children and is married to his best friend. Let's not wait any longer. Here's Karsten. All right, Karsten, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Well today, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, glad you're on. Why don't you start by just jumping in and telling the listeners what was your like upbringing in terms of the expectation around post-secondary education? Yeah, so I think the 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 expectation was always that I was going to go to college, and I think if I'm if I'm honest, I think that you know that college was going to be seminary. That's what my mom I think really wanted. For me, and so I always felt that kind of pressure to do that. Uh, so that, that was always the expectation: was that you're going to graduate high school, you're going to go to college, and you're going to do all the nifty things that that come with that. So, yeah. So then, what did you actually go straight from high school to college? And if yes, no, like, what re- was your what you what was your journey? I rebelled. I I said no, absolutely not. Uh, you know, I grew up in Southern Michigan, which is a high you know, it's all about industry, job, you know, there was always the debate growing up of, do you go to college or do you just find a job that's, you know, probably in a union and get paid great right out of the gate and, you know, work there for 30 years, pushing the same button and then, you know, retire with the golden watch. And at the time, I I think because it was a rebellion, I was like, I just don't, and it was rebellion and kind of a lack of real direction or a future story that really both played with each other uh, to make me say, you know, I'm going to try this whole, um, you know, job thing. I'm just going to try to find a good manufacturing job. And, and that was really short lived. I mean, I, I got, I got a job through a temp agency and it was just a mess. So so then you didn't work very long. Then, then what happened? Did you ever end up going to college? How old were you when you I, went? I yeah, I did. And what, what happened was it was, I, I was a very passionate skier. I loved to ski. And so I, I became a ski instructor at 18 years old in Michigan at a tiny little <laughs> resort. I, I, I thought I was, you know, all that and, and, and more. Uh, but I was passionate about skiing, and, and I, I moved from Michigan to California to Lake Tahoe, and that didn't work out very well. So I ended up back in Michigan, and um, my parents returned from a ski trip in Montana, and I have relatives out there, and I thought, hey, I put two and two together. I'm a slow, I'm a slow guy. So I put two and two together. <laughs> And uh, I thought, geez, there's a school in Bozeman, Montana, where my uncle lived, and there's some world-class skiing there. And so um, the, the little bit longer story is that my father had died when I was 11 years old. 
so I had money from, you know, the social security that was paid to me from 11 to 18. That was kind of my college fund. So I, I said, you know, I, I think mom, what I'd really like to do is to go to Montana state university and kind of had to claim a major. I thought at the time I would be an, I, I love to read, I love literature. So I thought oh, I'm going to be a, an English major with, uh, you know, education, uh, either minor or second major and become a literature, either professor or high school teacher, because I, I always found those people pretty fascinating. Now, when I got, uh, so the, the answer to that was, well, we, we will support that once you've gone to community college and really shown that education is what you really want because after <laughs> that, so I did that. I went to community college for a year. I, I pulled it all together, great grades, really showed the world what I could do, and then moved to Bozeman and bombed because I was skiing and, and drinking a lot. So I just, I, I didn't go well. Then I transferred again to uh, the University of Montana, just a few, few uh, hours away from Bozeman. And, you know, I started studying recreation management mainly because out of the, it just sounded easy. I was like, oh, okay, there's recreation in the title. That sounds fun. I like to recreate. Then uh, as a result of that move, uh, not too long after I got there, I discovered or realized that I was struggling with substance abuse. And so proceeded to get sober, um, took the recreation management thing a little bit more seriously. But in the midst of that, somebody showed me a treatment center that was uh, in outside of Kalispell, Montana. That's where I did my internship and I fell in love with their programming. So the rest of it is all around that. I actually never finished that recreation management degree. Um, instead, I switched again and I uh, got my chemical dependency counseling uh, degree. Wow. Uh, to your college and then, you know, pass the exam. And since then, I've been grandfathered in in every other state because I've been doing this so long mm. that I haven't felt the need to really pursue my education any further. So it's one of those things where I, I believe in it and I don't ne believe that it's necessary if somebody has like the right drive and, yeah. and can figure out the connections that they need to, to further their career. Yeah. Uh, because what's what's transpired out of that has just been phenomenal for me and and my family so well and it's it's such a good point too it, like, it goes right back to the topic of this podcast which is success is subjective um i don't want to jump right to like asking you directly if you feel like you're successful yet because i think you also need to maybe just fill in a little bit of the like well since that certification since all of the experience i do want to hear what it is that you're doing now because i think listeners also want to hear that and then we can circle back to just me you know asking you that loaded question <laughs> so <laughs> what, what tell tell me what you're doing now where are you tell me about your work Ooh, so long you know kind of a long and varied path but uh i ended up Okay, so what am I doing now? What am I? What I'm doing now is I'm currently a a, a partner in a number of ventures. Uh, one is called Lean In Recovery Center. We're located uh, just outside of Cleveland, Ohio, uh, and we're a men's uh, transitional living, extended care, uh, sober living. 
for men that are transitioning out of primary treatment, you know, 30 to 90 days in length. And, you know, we, we just help guys figure out what kind of men they want to be in their newfound sobriety. Uh, that's the short version of it. And then um, through, because of that, we started what's called the River IOP, which is a PHP, partial hospitalization, IOP, intensive outpatient, uh, because we wanted to serve the local community as much as, uh, you know, all these guys coming from out of state that were from, uh, you know, these different treatment centers. Then the third thing is we discovered, I discovered that there was a lot of young men uh, leaving wilderness programs that were coming to us because of my background in wilderness therapy and, and treatment. And, you know, we do really good work with those guys, but I was lamenting the fact that we couldn't help them as much as we wanted to. And so my wife uh, said one, one morning, well, why don't you start a school? And that's the genesis of Fire Seed Therapeutic Adventure Guide School, which is still in the process. We're close. We've got a few more things to iron out, but we're very excited about that because I think that struggle that I talked about earlier where I didn't have a future story really stalled me out from, you know, 18 to, well, probably 25 years old. Uh, that's a, and that's seven years. That's a big gap in someone's life. So yeah, the guys that are coming out of treatment with that future story, I'd love to go back and, and guide for the treatment center that I came from. I just saw it like, wow, I wish this was here for me, you know? And so to be able to give something like that. So that's currently what I'm doing. Yeah. And I love that story too, because as somebody else who, um, one of my undergraduate degrees is in recreation, uh, for a similar story, it was like, I like to recreate. This sounds awesome. Let me follow this path. I have a lot of friends that still work and did previously for those that have left in outdoor, either therapeutic programming or guiding. So like Knowles or Outward Bound or, you know, anything of that nature. And, and like I said, going to the wilderness therapy programs, but all of us found them in different ways. And I think you really hit the nail on the head in terms of, you know, the culture that exists, and I'm totally going to generalize for that outdoor industry is it's, except for the wilderness therapy side, for the non-therapeutic side, it can be uh, ripe with substance use. And so to send somebody who's in recovery to work for a, a you know, an organization that may or may not support their recovery is, it's just challenging, right? They kind of become the outlier. So the Fire Seed Adventure Therapy School, like that is genius. <laughs> <laughs> Never been accused of that before. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know, this is me asking that like, you know, question that I feel like everybody cringes when I ask, but do you see yourself as successful right now? You know, I do. And, and, and I love the name of your podcast, Success is Subjective. And to, to say I do is actually a testament to my growth, you know, as just a human being, because I came from a pretty a deep hole, really, of, you know, a lack of self-worth, a lack of belief in myself, that I always needed someone else to, to pave the way in order for me to you know, because I didn't feel smart. I didn't feel likable. I didn't feel that I had much to offer the world. 
but through this this whole process from where we st where we started the conversation to where I am now, uh, that's been my journey is really coming into my own worth. So I do, and I don't, it, you know, it's it's not anything in my mind that's financial. I think that that's a part of it. Um, you know, I, I, I make enough money for my family to be comfortable without any excess, and I feel good about that. Really, it's just, you know, having the respect of my peers and colleagues, you know, having program a program uh, that is that is respected within our field, within our profession, uh, that to me is a big deal, you know, because there's a there's a lot of programs similar or or like what we do, uh, but there's just a, a heart to what we do that really I think has given us a good reputation on the national scene, which is you know just that makes my heart sing, you know, and it adds to that you know, sense of, uh, you know, self-worth and what have you. So really it is subjective for me. It's, it's not about all the trappings. It's about how I feel. It's about knowing that my family's safe and cared for. Uh, it's knowing that, that our business is uh, ethical and that it's, you know, we make some really hard decisions and, you know, usually come out on top in the best interest of our, of our client. And uh, that, that just feels really good to me. Yeah, I love that. So if you were to, you know, give one piece of advice, or if you were to able to, you know, if you were able to talk to somebody who might, you know, here, here we are in 2020, who might be in your same shoes of where you were during that like 18 to 25 range, what advice would you give that young person right now? You know, it it's one of those things where, I wish I would have heard this earlier in my life, um, which is follow your bliss, that idea of following your bliss. And, you know, when I first heard the word bliss, I, I probably misinterpreted it. I would have misinterpreted it. That's probably why I didn't hear it earlier in my life. You know, that it's not a just follow your pleasure. It's follow that thing that drives you, that makes you want to be a better person that uh, does bring joy to your life, but not at the expense of others. Uh, in fact, I think if you're truly following your bliss, it's, it provides the greatest good for the greatest number of people, not just yourself. So following your bliss, which, which can be tough for young people. I mean, that's kind of the trap that I was in was here were these expectations that, you know, my family had, had put on me, whether it was conscious or not, whether it was my perception or their actual, you know, expectation, is I think a part of individuation, becoming an adult child in a family is, is doing just that. It's following your bliss. It's, it's carving your path in this world that does bring good. And for years, I didn't even know I was doing that. Uh, I would say it was about five to six years ago where I realized, geez, you know, I'm actually doing the thing that maybe I was meant to do. Uh, so it's also staying the course, even though maybe, you know, I was like, geez, maybe I'd be better off as a guy who owned a landscape company, you know, and just mowed lawns. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, though, that I do have a gift, and people kept saying that, and I didn't believe them at first. And then when I started believing them, I was like, geez, you know, I really do have this gift. I can, I can sit with a young man and, generally speaking, help him find some version of what we're just talking about. 
and and that there's time goes away in those conversations. I'm not anywhere else but with those guys, and that, that's the way I hear people describe. You know, when you are doing what you're meant to do, when you're following your passion, all of a sudden, time is not an issue. You're just doing what you do because you love it. So. I love that. Well, Karsten, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I know that there's going to be at least one person, at least one person that's going to hear the story and say, hey, that's me, right? And really align with kind of a lot of the things you said. So thank you again for taking the time to share your story and give some advice to our listeners. We so appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again. Good to see you. it for this week's success is subjective episode stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their very personal story with the world you can follow me joanna on instagram at lily consulting and on facebook at lily consulting llc most importantly though check out the resources link on my website at lilyconsulting.com and that's l-i-l-l-e-y consulting.com or you can just search on google for lily consulting you can also download and subscribe to listen to the successes subjective interviews on any popular podcast app such as apple podcasts google podcasts iHeartRadio, soundcloud spotify stitcher and tune in radio make sure you check out the show notes where you'll find contact information, website details, links to articles, and all social media for our guest. Once again, thank you to parenttrainers.com for sponsoring this podcast series. And thank you, our listener, for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.